Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Sylvania Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. Everett awoke his body broken to the foul smell of a wolf's breath. A man named Simon Longfellow demanded to know why Everett and the children of Lilith were driving Simon's kind from their home. Evangeline was reunited with her fabulous Percy, but on her way home a vigil was being held for Cain Raziel, the kindred she'd killed. What further consequences of the town hall massacre will Doris and Val discover? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Doris, you return home. Uh, with absolutely no incredibly valuable, dangerous, scary information uh, that Taurus could have given you. Uh, you just return home home safely and nicely. Um, you also get to take a, a walk uh, through New Haven uh, on your way back. It's so nice. Yeah. So what, uh, what, what does your walk home look like? Like what does a, a Doris... And also, what is the the montage song that probably plays under uh, this? This. I feel like it's. Ooh, I feel like it's an acapella slowed down version of "Walking on Sunshine." Um. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, like it's like it's in a DC like superhero movie, like a weird nightmare chorus version. Yeah, like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. and um, I feel like anytime that she'd she'd see the things that you've been describing about like the candles and the like locked doors and all that kind of stuff. I feel like she takes it in a very nice way. It's like, Oh, they're trying to decorate and bring light to the neighborhood. That's nice. Because like in her brain, it's like balances everything. And like, yeah. Well, and, and uh, again, forgive me, Claire, I should know this. Where, where do you live? Where does Doris live? in? I live in the attic of the police station. The attic of the police station. All right. Okay, so then yes, you you do see some of the candles. Uh, the candles are specifically in the Bruja quarter, um, but that is on your way. Home. Oh, okay. Um, but you you would encounter that on your way back because you're kind of cutting cross town. Um, so you see some some uh, yeah, you see locked doors. Uh, there's also just some like I think you're associating all of it with everyone's doing their best to help out. Safety is um, important. You notice that uh, Chuckless Cheese is still closed because Kai and Bear are still in jail. <laughs> Um, so there's, there's no arcade fun to be had. Um, you know, you pass, uh, sinful pleasures on your way home. Um, and finally, yeah, you arrive at, at the sheriff's office. Um, 
Do you have your own walk up or do you have to like go in through the sheriff's office and then up to the attic? I think she goes in through the sheriff's office. Yeah. Great. Um, so you enter and um, there is a uh, a manic man who rushes you as soon as as you you uh, enter. He's wearing like um, like an LL Bean uh, like fleece sweater, uh, zip up sweater over uh, like a Banana Republic um, you know polo shirt yeah. uh jeans and he 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 looks like shit um he's one of those guys who like it's not like you know he hasn't slept in two days so suddenly he has a beard but he's got like some kind of earnest but embarrassing stubble mm-hmm. where you can see that this is not a man who can grow a beard um but also clearly hasn't shaved in in a bit mm-hmm. um and he just kind of runs up and he says um hey uh uh deputy Doris? Francis Barbara. Uh, look, I, I'm I, I'm really sorry. Um uh, uh Francis Barbara, um you you work with my wife, right? Well, I but, don't know who you are. Uh, I I'm I'm Teddy Evangeline. You work with with Evangeline. Yes. Clark, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Where is she? Is she okay? Oh, I don't rightly know. I assume she's at the hospital. <laughs> no, the hospital? Why would she be the hospital? Well, we were all at the hospital. Uh, what happened? Well, I got taken away by an old colleague, and my boss, I think, got thrown in a van, but it's all right. Everything is balanced. <laughs> and he just looks at you with, like, the patience of a uh, uh, a front desk uh, hotel employee, just full on, full patience, just being like, "Okay." And Evangeline's at at the hospital. I think so. Um, and he just nods. He says, "Thank you," and then he just books it out the door. Oh, she was all right. He's gone. <laughs> beautiful um so um you make your way upstairs um the daytime shift has has like tucked in (laughs) for the night they've had a hell of a day yeah Um, so there's a skeleton staff um you see wait wait um, wait skeleton staff or a skeleton staff (laughs) the bones are their money um that's what i'm really getting at here um yes no, you see, uh, you know, I'll say uh, Troy is probably the only one who's who's here, and I think you probably volunteered for it. Troy looks like shit. Uh-huh. He is so tired. Um, but uh, Doris, as you come in uh, after you deal with Teddy, who runs off, um, Troy just gets up and says, "Oh, uh, 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 Doris, the cats are okay." Oh, that was going to be my first question. Thank you, Troy. You're you're welcome. Um, I'm on probation now. Apparently, uh, what I did at the crime scene wasn't appreciated, and I I might have screwed some things up at the. Um, but your cats are okay. I took care of your your cats. Who put you on probation? You know the. 
the sheriff, the other sheriff? I'll have a talk with him. No one who takes care of my children should be on probation. Oh, I mean, Sheriff Barty's just doing his best, but okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Doris, is it okay if I go to sleep now? I've been awake for a really long time. Of course. Where do you sleep? And he, he, he looks so bashful. And he's like, um, at, at, at my dad's place. They're both really good about letting me still sleep there. They, they told me I should move out and, and, and find my own place. But then I lost it because it, it's, it's hard to pay rent, apparently. Sometimes it's expensive even here. So they, they put up with me, but I think they kind of want me to leave. Well, that's all right. I stayed and lived with my mother for hundreds of years. That does kind of make me feel better. Okay, well, I got to get the bus because they live in Calgary. So I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Um, and oh. he, he waves and uh, makes his way out. Oh. Uh, I will go upstairs. <laughs> uh, and on second thought, she, like, she'll go a half up the stairs and then go back and like remembering this is a thing that humans need and kind of like fill a little teacup with water and then walk up the stairs. I like, Claire, what I like so much about that is that Evangeline, or sorry, um, Jesus, I keep mixing up all your names. Doris has spent so much time in this fucking police station that they've just gotten used to her leaving teacups at the water cooler mm-hmm. and have just stopped asking. So it's like a bunch of paper cups and just a mis- like mismatched set of teacups. Love it. Mm-hmm. All right. So you fill up a cup and you head upstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my sake, and also I think probably our listeners, since it's been 20 episodes since we've seen your place, um, what does your attic look like? Yeah. So it's basically kind of like, uh, it's not, it's pretty uh, cozy, we shall mm-hmm. say. And um, you have her coffin. Um, and it's like a really, I think, oh my gosh, I think it's like a really old fashioned looking coffin. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. And it's like, uh, kind of like what you'd imagine if Professor Trelawney lived in an attic. So like, there's like doilies, there's stuff from like all different time periods all over the place. Like the last 400 years, pick an aesthetic, it's there in some fashion. Um, and then there's a trunk that's sitting in the middle of the room. Uh, and next to it is her little card reading table. Um, yes. So for Doris then, because we, we talked a little bit about what Val coming home uh, to her place looks like, mm-hmm. um, as someone who's been on the run for most of your life, what does coming home feel like? Is it just a place where you hang your hat or is it somewhere you're actually comfortable? I think this is where she is very comfortable. Um, because she's just decided that New Haven's going to work and that she doesn't have to run mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And in, in now that all of this has happened, there's a little voice in the back of her head that joins the other chorus of voices that are in there. And that's like, this might not be as stable as uh, you want it to be now. And that's just like getting stamped down gotcha. uh, by probably walking on sunshine. Um, uh, yeah. Well, let's see how stomped down that gets uh, when you roll these dice. Uh, so... Claire, can you please roll me a... I'm looking for some kind of physical 
I well no, this is this is mental. This is all mental. Okay. So I think okay. probably I'd say wits or resolve. Resolve okay. would be like my preference, but wits... they're the same for me. So I'll, okay. I'll do resolve. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's go resolve and awareness, please. Um, mm, to see okay. how how well you're able to lie to yourself about. Okay, this three hunger dice and one normal dice. So, um, no, one hunger dice. I believe what? you. You got well. Oh no, you didn't sleep at the hospital. You're right. No, I'm at three out of bad. five. Nope, you are correct. Yeah. I'm great. Hachi machi. Ooh, that's one success. Okay, uh, that panic is starting to to bleed in a bit. It's it's. Uh, normally you're drowning it like ever since cleopatra went down it's been harder and harder i think to not like to live with that beautiful dream you were building for yourself mm-hmm. um but with everything that's just happened mm-hmm. okay. so a little uncomfortable but you are home which is nice and even if like, have you, how many homes do you think you've had since you, you returned? Like, so have you had many. any other, well, no, but sorry, when I mean homes, I mean like places where you did actually, because it sounds like mm. based on what I know of Doris, thinking that New Haven can work is actually kind of a new mindset. That's like a holy shit moment. Like this I could think actually... she was, yeah, I think she was very comfortable with Cleopatra mm-hmm. because she was like her little pet Wiccan. Yep. Um before that, I feel like it had been a long time. Right. Okay. So there is a real sense of attachment to this place. Mm-hmm. So having that nagging feeling in this space is is extra hard. Um, yeah. I feel like she would go and get like incense and start just waving it all around. Uh, Claire, do you currently have any willpower hits? Um, willpower... Should be next to your health on the sheet. Health. Um, it's okay if you don't. I'm, just I'm at four out of eight. So, yeah, I'm at four out of ten. I don't know what my max is, though, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, do you have any, like, X's or lines through any of your stuff? No. Okay, great. Then that means you're at full. I was going to give you some back just for like being back in your space and feeling good about it, but it sounds like you're already at full. Similar to Val, just punching first. Uh, you 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 can't get better than you currently are, so that's good. Um, but you do have a a, a trunk based problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, what do you do about the man in the trunk? That's a good question. Keeping in mind how hungry you are. Oh, she's a consensuous consensualist though i know so hmm. okay she will kind of lean down in front of the trunk and say hello and you're sure thump, 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 thump. Uh, uh, hello hey hi hi you, you you came back i always come back do you think i'd leave you here to die I haven't yes. done that in years. Uh, oh, that's not comforting. Um, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming back. Uh, I have a proposition for you. Uh-huh. Uh, I was thinking of letting you go. Yes, please. And I will. I just have a question for you. 
Okay. I let you go. If you let me drink a bit of your blood, see, there has to be an arrangement. Oh no, no, yes, yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah, yes, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Yes, yes. Oh, wonderful. Uh, because- wait, 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 wait. You, are you gonna? If if you drink my blood, do I do I become like you? No, of course not. Did you want to be? Oh, uh, n- n- I'm just no. joking. I'm not turning you into one. <laughs> just a little I- joke there. Oh, that's uh, that's very good. I, I'm sorry. I, I've only my only real knowledge about all this stuff comes from the film Blade Two. Um, so I I didn't know. We don't carry blades. Well, some of us hey, do. Please, you can drink my blood. Anyway, just, just let me go. I'll let you go. I'm just gonna. I'm going now. I'm going to open this up, and I'll have you stick your arm out. But I promise you, if you try any funny tricks. It will not go well for you. <laughs> um, w- would it offend you if I called you ma'am? Well, I am about 400 years old, so I think I've earned it by this point. Great. Ma'am, I've been shitting in this box for <laughs> for two days. I'm covered in my own filth. I don't know my own name. I'm pretty sure you and your friends killed all of the people I know. I don't think I have anything to try. Here's my arm. And you just hear like thump, against the inside of the box. Well, that's nice. And she'll like, she'll go and she'll get a big authentic like brass key and like the lock and, and just open it a crack so he can like stick his arm out. Uh, you are hit with a horrific stench of this box. He's been in here for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you are also from the 1600s. So mm-hmm. I think for you, that would just be a street. Maybe that's uh, why she, like she, she left the incense. <laughs> There's incense wafting around. It's yeah, no, mixing. she gets it. So yeah, yeah. he like sticks a trembling <laughs> arm out. Yeah. Oh yeah. She'll, she'll totally be from him for sure. Great. Uh, so you can drop your hunger to zero because um, he's very willing and uh, anything beats being in this box. Mm-hmm. Um, you are also, I think, perhaps the only character in the history of the show to give someone in the box a chance of survival. Uh, RIP Bad Martha, am I right? Uh, so good work. You did it. Um, so you you drink from him. He's incredibly weak. Um, he's kind I'll of exhausted. offer him the teacup of water. There's only a brief second of him being astounded by what he's getting water from. Like it is truly a strange moment for him. But then he he throws it back. He's also dehydrated because of the blood loss and such. Um, but he he just says, "Can can I go now, please?" Yes, and uh, I would warn you against attacking anyone else on your way out. And he just kind of nods. He says, that's, um, that's very good advice. Enjoy New Haven. He bursts into tears <laughs> and just stumbles down the stairs. Um, and, uh, Doris, you are left alone in your space and, you know, things have been, been very crazy, but you've just, you've, you've gotten to eat. You dealt with the man in the box. Um, your your children are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, what do you do in your space? I think she would uh, she would start making her spider potion. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, and Claire, you can drop the uh, superficial damage from your arm. I think now that you've yeah. fed and you're at home, uh, mm -hmm. as you work, it just kind of gradually fades. It's still there, but as we've established, you've had arms ripped off before, mm -hmm. so you're kind of used to it. Um, <laughs> but uh, you go to work, and honestly, it's, it's just incredibly nice uh, to be doing the work again. Mm -hmm. And she's just fully expecting just people to, you know, like the rest of her crew to just kind of like come to work again because yeah. that's how it works. Totally. Um, which they would if any of them were actually thinking about their jobs. Uh, or, you know, if uh, they wouldn't be prevented from doing that by the large circle of people surrounding the police precinct and slowly walking toward it while chanting. Hello, Gov. It's your boy Ridley, and I'm here to talk to you about maybe a way you should be contributing to this little organisation. Everyone knows, as you look around, there's a lot of bear boys. And, you know, to be a bear boy, you've got to be a bear, and you've got to be, well, not exactly a boy, but you've got... The important thing is, you've got to pay your fucking dues, is what you've got to do. And right now, I just know from looking at the numbers, there are a lot more fucking people out there than there are inside my fucking gang. And what I'm saying is, if you want to join up and get access to me and all the cool fucking toys and other fucking treats I've got for all you little bear boys and girls and theys and thems and fucking alls out there, go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. You do that. You're on the inside. Come talk to me on a patron exclusive Discord. Why don't you throw some names into the show? Why don't you build an NPC to join my fucking gang? I'm just saying, if you sign up, you won't regret it. And if you don't sign up, maybe you fucking will. Meanwhile, Val, you've had your shower. You are home. Will is doing remarkably well, um, but your sheriff is missing. Yeah. What do yep. you do? Val goes to get dressed and looks in the closet and looks between her clothes and her sheriff clothes that she has a few copies of because they all inevitably yep. get trash and stands there for a minute considering and then puts on the deputy clothes again. Like, okay, we're still... We're going to stick with it. <laughs> so puts on the uniform. Um, Del, can you roll me a uh, resolve and <laughs> I think investigation, realistically. All right. It, it's just like, how how willing to commit to this are you yeah. before you become the detective who just wears street clothes with a badge right. on a chain? That's true. Oh, no. It's all failure. <laughs> yes, not. Uh, so you reach for the deputy clothes and uh, Val, you think about what's happened since mm -hmm. the sheriff. And I think in your head, he'll always be the sheriff. Correct. You know, yeah. since he died. Um, things have gone completely pear-shaped in a variety of ways. Uh, and though you do trust Everett and you like Everett-ish mm. dad, um, things are going things are kind of going off the rails in a way you hadn't previously expected. And also I think now you've, you've seen the fragility of this town mm -hmm. and really truly realized for the first time 
just how delicate this really is. And you're not a delicate person. You're not good at delicate. So the fact that this yeah. is starting to go to hell is a problem. So you reach for your deputy gear. And then you realize they might need Val Miller, not Deputy Miller. So how do you kick yourself out based on a dice roll failure? You get to <laughs> yes. look better because of a dice roll failure. Um, what is what is your like detective from the wire? <laughs> yes. Yeah. What's so, your McNulty? So that I think it's your Lance Reddick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is then a combination because. Belle has her, like, casual clothes, which are very 80s-inspired looking, like, a lot of, not even leather jacket, she's very jeans, jeans, 80s, oh, jean yeah. vest. That's Canadian that's tuxedo. The, yeah. Nice. And then her other clothes in there are from her mercenary days, which is a lot of, like, black, the tactical gear, that kind of stuff. Tactical, if you will. Tactical. So I days. think it's jeans, her boots, jean vest, then tactical vest over top with like stuff in it and like locked in the front. Like I'm, I'm me also ready to shoot people. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And I think uh, taking an extra shotgun because there's a stash of guns in that apartment. <laughs> I expected no less. It's yes. very much the uh, 21 jump street prom setup where it's just like, well, I, yeah, sure. This one too. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, I wish I could take credit for Tactical, but that was actually a, a full trend for a while that a lot of people have pulled back from. It's yep. not a pun. It's just a terrible way of life. Um, <laughs> cool. So, Val, you load up on mm -hmm. guns uh, mm -hmm. to bring your friends. Um, you have some messages uh, waiting for you on your phone. Um, okay. So Cherry is ready for pickup. Yep. Um, but you also have uh, footage from the hospital. Uh, security cam footage that's been sent mm -hmm. to you. Uh, I think everyone is scared enough of you that they realize that it's just best to funnel you everything and right. then you'll figure it out. Um, so watching the video, you're able to see, um, you see Doris being escorted out okay. and you see Everett being black bagged and taken out. Um, which is concerning, but also I think in a weird way, limits your options because if you got black bagged by a bunch of tactical people, there's not really a trail of evidence to follow. Like he's just gone for some reason. Right. Um, you also have messages uh, from a variety of people around town uh, being concerned that their uh, council members are missing. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you've got, Everything from the Kaitif to uh, the Toreador, the Nasfra to Malkavians, just being like, our people are missing, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, otherwise, you have messages from the Sheriff's Department saying that they locked down the crime scene. There doesn't seem to be any other evidence of the Daughters of Lilith present. Um, no one else's blood frenzied. Yeah. So that's nice. That's good. Um, I'm kind of curious, like, the town is kind of in your hands right now. Is Val the kind of person who would doggedly try and figure out what happened to the sheriff or someone who would try and take control now that there's chaos and, and a need a vacuum? Right, right. Like not yeah. in like a I seize control, but like in right. an oh shit. Is anyone actually driving this place? Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's tough that seeing all that is super overwhelming to Val. And... It, she doesn't know where to start because the issue and I think ties perfectly with her putting on her own clothes instead. The only reason she has 
said okay and has done this is because of her trust in the sheriff and Sheriff Cross, the like the original sheriff. She trusted him because he proved to her over her entire vampire life that he was a good, trustworthy guy and that that's the only reason she's doing this because she's anti-authoritarian. She's She doesn't want to be in a position of power. She doesn't want people to rely on her. It's purely on the goodwill of him and the promises that she made to him that she even is sticking around or wanting to do any of this. So I think even though she doesn't particularly like Everett, he's like that figurehead version. She does not want to be in this position. She This is too much for her to deal with. So I think it's more try to figure out what happened to the sheriff. Then he can fix the town. She can't fix the town. She can't. T- she has no authority here in her own eyes, even though other people are looking to her. She's right. not. Yeah. So I'm getting a bit of like a Rosa Diaz vibe from this, which is just like, yeah, fucking fine. I'll deal with it for now. But like, right. I don't want this. Correct. Is that fair yeah. to say? All right. Yeah. And I think uh, the, the, the reason she's doing it is because of that old sheriff and because having a place for her son to be where he's safe are the two things she cares about. So she's sticking with it for now, but also like Doris is realizing how quickly things are going to shit. And if, if plan B is enacted, that's like, take your son and fuck off. Like that's, but we're still trying right now. Okay. Um, and I assume you, you mean Val? Yes. No, right. no. D- well, you said Doris also is like getting that anxiety of like, oh, yes, to realize yes, yes, things yes, are falling great. apart. Yes, yeah, like, yeah, 100%. She, yeah. Val's in a similar place of that in the back of her head. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm sorry. I was just worried you were fucking up names like I've been for the past <laughs> five episodes. Um, all right. So with that, I think it, it weirdly, it, it's a little bit of the, <laughs> this is such a specific reference. But uh, Mila Jovovich at the end of the first Resident Evil film, where she just like stumbles mm-hmm. out of the, the umbrella facility into like busted up raccoon and just cocks a shotgun and is like, well, yep. time to fix the town. Um, you uh, you step outside um, your apartment. Uh, oh, and I think right, right before she leaves, she would say to her son, uh, she would basically be like, I'm going out. Call me if you need anything. And then put $20 on, on the shelf and say, order some fucking pizza or something and then leave. <laughs> and as, as you do, you just hear Kevin again say, your mom is so cool. And um, you just hear just uh, as the door slams, just hear come out and be like, I think I'm in love and the door slams. <laughs> um, and you walk outside um, again, just like rolling your shoulders. This is so fucking frustrating for you, but you're going to mm-hmm. do it. Um, and uh, as you step out, you see a beautiful fucking sight. Where your shitty cruiser was parked, there is instead a Dodge Charger, recently fully repaired, and uh, you see a a mechanic uh, standing there, and um, she looks rough. She doesn't look great. Um, She's uh, got um, streaks down the sides of her cheek, like her mascara has fucking run. Um, she's got like leans heavy into the goth makeup scene. So like you're used Mm -hmm. to seeing her with like heavy, heavy makeup. Um, but she's looking kind of rough. Um, but, um, she is still staying there like in, you know, the, the mechanics, like, you know, uh, zip up, um, just like, you know, arms crossed, leaning against the car, cigarette dangling out of her mouth. Um, and, uh, you know, buzzed head. She just says, um, 
Yeah, so uh, we uh, we got her up and running for you, Val. Despite, um, and she just like kind of stares at the ground and, and just like absently rubs mm-hmm. a thumb against her her face and says, uh, "Despite what happened to uh, to Kane, we uh, got her running for you." And she just Val- puts the. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was gonna say Val's like reverently touches cherry like oh my baby yeah and and shakes her head and is just yeah fucking sorry about what happened to kane and uh the mechanic uh addy morissette uh you 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 know her um as she uh she just puts a cigarette back in her mouth she's like yeah us too and then she just, just kind of looks at you and she says uh it's kind of thing i thought the sheriff's department was meant to stop Anyway, she Val's gonna put a hand on her shoulder and like pat her shoulder, and then yeah, we're uh, we're doing all we fucking can. Don't you worry about that. And cock shotgun. <laughs> can you roll me a charisma and? Oh God! Oh no! I'm inclined to say etiquette, uh, but you know I'll give you firearms because you're cocking a shotgun. I will take that. We got, you said charisma and firearms. I will take it. Okay. I got two tens, no hunger dice, and a seven. So hey! three successes, but that's extra because I rolled two All right, tens. no, pretty good. Very good, very good. So, um, Val, you're pretty good at, at clocking violence, and you can see her <laughs> flexing her hand, just mm-hmm. like... She kind of wants to punch you, but doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, she just takes a long drag of the cigarette and, and gives you, like, just, a, again, a very level look and says, um, yeah, okay, this time. Don't. Val nods. Don't let any more of us die, though, okay? Yeah, okay. Then she gets in the car. Um, and uh, Morissa just like looks back and you can see that she almost flicks her cigarette out of the car just in like a sort of callous fuck you way. But you did score very well on that. <laughs> so she holds it, um, takes a drag and just says. When you rev that engine. Think it came. Because they'd have been so fucking proud of how loud this lady's going to purr. And then instead, uh, she just kicks a tire, uh, takes a drag, and walks off. Val will nod, and then when she leaves, she will definitely do like a burnout in the car before (laughs) she leaves. And Um, planning to head to the police station to do police things, I guess. You don't see it. But Kevin and Kamala are both pressed up against the window watching this happen. Uh, And though you can't see it, it would truly warm the cockles of your heart. Behind them, Will, taking a long drag off the expertly rolled joint he made, just nods and says, It's my mom. (laughs) And then you tear off into the night. 
This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com. That's D E L B O R O V I C. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J A H Z Z A R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Sammy Boy, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.